0: That is indeed a question, and we'll get to it later in the broadcast.
1: Yeah, we're going to ask for the yeas and nays. We're going to cover the yeas and nays, at least. I think everybody probably knows the answer to uh, the end vote, but there's some nuances that we'll get to. Uh, Right. But there's big stuff going on locally in the village of Key Biscayne right now uh, that we're going to get to first.
0: That's right. And joining us to kick off, the thing I'm very excited about is our fourth season here in Antisocial. Joining us for the beginning of the fourth season is the manager of Key Biscayne, Steve Williamson. He's here, uh, made the long trek uh, from his office to the conference room, (laughs) which he probably makes several times a day at least. And uh, thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you very much, Tony. And I did not know this was opening day for the show as well as for the Yankees. Yes. uh, You could very well... Change my mood when I find out the score, being a very, very strong Yankee fan.
1: Oh, that's why I like you, Steve. That's why I like you.
2: We're going to do this Uh, every week. We should be together. (laughs) This
1: is going to be our new, uh, we're going to make this a tradition. Every opening day, you're going to be our guest and uh, you'll come to the studio and we'll watch it together. That sounds great. And that ignore Tony.
0: <laughs> and, you know, I'll give him a baseball and he can throw the first pitch. How about that? I, I like the whole the thing. first,
1: The first pitch of the antisocial season. I like this. So this is sort of like a <laughs> state of the union meeting, isn't it? We're going to hear a lot of, of, of what's happening, what's coming up next, uh, budgets and building and all kinds of stuff.
2: Wow, you're uh, building this up quite a bit. I thought I was just going to talk about resilient infrastructure, but it uh, sounds like you want more.
1: Well, we have 200
2: million questions about that, right? All right. I'm ready to talk about uh, each and every one of those.
1: I've got the sound effect ready. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, so to set it up, uh, we have a number of very large capital projects that have been percolating. Um, For several years, really, in the village, some of them are tied to the resiliency bond. Some of them are not necessarily tied to it, but it's a long list of projects and you're moving slowly through stages. You outlined this with your last budget to to get ready. You've uh, added staff. There are important people coming on board to help move to the next phase of this. The village, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, went through a series of charrettes with residents about what the village should look like in the future. So a lot of different ideas, all kind of now coalescing. And we have in the next few next few days, right? We'll be coming up with the next step in that. So why don't you tell us what's, what's on the agenda?
2: Yeah, Tony, I really appreciate, number one, the opportunity. And I really appreciate the opportunity to be here in my own conference room. I, I have a heat game tonight I've got to be at. So I appreciate you going through all the time and trouble to set up here. Um, so what's going on in the village? You know, wh- one of the reasons that I believe that, uh, the council brought me on was to address, uh, many of the issues that, uh, the village is, is facing. And, and one of those is without a doubt, sea level rise and the potential of more severe storms coming in over the next, um, you know, years, decades, whatever we are to face. And I've been spending a lot of my time from the start all the way back to the budget workshop in June is how do I build the team? You know set the conditions, whether it be funding, relationships, uh, whatever it may be, they may be, the proper plans so that we can move forward to protect this beautiful island paradise.
1: So let's dive into it. Let's talk about the big ones on the table. there's undergrounding is certainly a big one. there's stormwater. Uh, why don't you walk us through what those programs are going to look like and put some put if possible, put some numbers on them? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, the numbers. Everybody wants the numbers. But let me talk about the six lines of efforts as we uh, as we call them. So there, there's your first number, six. Uh, first and foremost, what are we going to do to protect our shorelines? Second Secondly is how do we upgrade our stormwater systems? Thirdly, along with those stormwater systems, how are we going to improve our our roads? Fourth is undergrounding. Undergrounding is not just electrical, it's also telecommunications. And it's also making sure that we take in consideration water and sewer projects as we move through our, pro- through our own projects. And then, of course, we don't, we don't do a great part in the world, but I believe Key Biscayne should do our part in mitigating environmental changes, whether that means from transportation, from energy, or any way that we can reduce our carbon, carbon footprint. And then lastly, it's sort of those soft things that we have to do to address codes, uh, regulations, zoning, uh, building standards, those things that have to be in place in order for you to do what you need to do to improve your infrastructure.
0: So that's a very ambitious list, right? And the number, based on some of the briefings that I've been at, and uh, have, could range as high as 200, in excess of $200 million, um, depending on the kind of funding that comes from outside the village. Obviously, you'll try to get every available dollar that's there. And we haven't even mentioned the potential investment in the Rickenbacker Causeway or a number of other things. So I guess that's the question. First question, and I know, I know you don't want to talk about it, but we have to, is sticker shock, right? We, I mean, what this is a little little island with some limited resources. What's How much of this is manageable and what time frame? That's another big thing. We're not talking about spending this in one year, right? This is a multi-year, maybe multi-decade level of spending.
2: Well, first, yeah, first, I want to, you know, really make sure we the timeline we're looking at right now is 10 to 15 years. Um, you know, we really need to uh, focus in what people who live here now can expect over the next 10 to 15 years. And our time horizon that we're planning for is 50 years out. So we're, we're planning for between 2050 and 2070. Where do we want to be in that timeline? Um I know you want the big number. What, what's the money going to be? But it's hard to say at this, at, at this time right now. So you know, one of the things that we're actually going to go, and then this is where we do begin to talk money, um, on Tuesday night, um, I believe you know, but if you do not know, the Corps of Engineers has agreed to keeping the village of Key Biscayne in the shoreline protection project um, with the caveat of they're going to continue forward with the ocean side if they are able to do a back-based study. What that requires is a waiver, and currently the Corps of Engineers is doing the scope of work and the cost estimate for that project at this time. That currently is going to cost anywhere to two from between two and three million dollars. Um, that cost will be a 50/50 split between federal and local, and local being county and village of Key Biscayne. The county has committed to 50/50. So in essence, we would be on the line to spend 25 percent of whatever that ultimate cost would be. So we're still working with the Corps. We don't have any expected, we, we have no specific number we're looking at right now. But what I'm going to ask for on Tuesday night is the ability to move $500,000 from last year's budget, which we went, we undershot last year by $3 million to bring $500,000 available to be a part of that back study.
0: Right. So the Corps of Engineers wants us to ante in they know we have the ability to ante in but they're asking for that now is that putting it in layman's terms
2: yeah that's correct when uh, we were lucky enough to get into the front side the oceanside shoreline protection there had been um, what they called the the bipartisan bill um, act or uh, the bipartisan bill act of 2018 Um, so the entire feasibility study was paid for from federal money that money is no longer completely available there is still funding in there and the corps is going to pull out whatever they can um, so when it isn't fully funded, then they go into their standard setback, which is fifty-fifty federal-local.
0: Right. But and I'll, I'll I know Tom is itching to ask a question, but but just to pin down the details here. So this is for the Back Bay study, yes. right? Which will lay out the roadmap because there's a there's a plan on the Atlantic side. Uh, to deal with beach renourishment and structuring a number of structures there. And that's a involved, process, but that's been going on for a while. This is on the other side, dealing with things like seawalls, uh, possibly a big berm, right? That would be constructed uh, to prevent inundation coming in from the rising waters on, Bis- on the Biscayne Bay side. That's the study. And then if everything's approved, the federal government, that now that's just, the, this is all the study
2: part. Then there's the actual work. And what is the cost sharing on the work? So cost sharing on the work is 65 percent, 35 percent local and local in that case, because it is design and construction, consists of state, county and local um, and local funds. Um, Exactly how they'll be broken up. We'll see as time time comes. But just to give you an example, if we looked at the front side, which the core estimated. This is the Atlantic side. uh, Yeah, the Atlantic side. Sorry. Yeah, the uh, ocean side. Uh, The core estimate, you know, if you're front or
0: back, right, if I live
2: on the bay, that's my front. So sorry. (laughs) I'm I'm looking I'm looking east right now. Okay, so you're you're looking the other way. I'm looking that way. So uh, Oceanside, correct. Uh, They estimate to be about one hundred twenty million dollars, which they would provide to the village. Sixty million would be in construction and the other sixty million dollars would be available for beach renourishments over the next uh, 30 to 50 years. Um, So the share would be sixty five percent of that would be funded by the federal government. And then we, the state and the county, would spend the rest, uh, would pay for the rest. So you can then look at the backside um, again. Same same set, sixty five thirty five. We have no idea what that solution is going to be. The exact reason why we're doing this study, um, whether it could be you know seawalls, as you mentioned, offshore structures, whether it could be onshore onshore structures, uh, whatever that would be, would be a sixty five thirty five split. But what I do want, want to make sure it's clear is the federal government does nothing. Fast. um you know once we make it through the study it then has to go into an authorization process it's called the water resources development act um once that's authorized then we move into the appropriations process no. i okay. sense
1: manager that all of the projects that like that's going to be the theme of every single one of these projects there's a couple of things that oh the yankees just won the game Ah, very good. Nice. Josh Donaldson hit a line drive to Quite center relieved. field, driving in the happy. winning run. Yes. I'm sorry
0: to your Red Sox fans out there. We really don't oh, take a position on the Red that, Sox. The is, isn't
1: Mayor Davy a Red Sox fan? Yes. <laughs> oh, well, they they're a good team.
2: They're a good team. All right. Uh I think he's so, an anybody Yankees. Anybody but a Yankees fan. Yes. Uh, uh,
1: that's true. Even better. Okay. I'm glad we won. That was a great game.
2: Okay, so uh,
1: the, the Well done, Tom. Th- these are all good <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I could be thrown out of here any minute now. The uh, all of these projects are, are very intensive and they're they're very methodical. So how much disruption to life on the key? How soon does that start and for how long?
2: You bring up one of the most complex issues that we're, we're grappling with right now. So um, if you look at the the major projects, I, I kind of look at the shoreline as a separate entity, because in essence, you're basically circling the village. And, and, and although it's not going to be completely independent of the other projects, it's somewhat independent. But when you look at stormwater, you look at roadways and you look at underground and utilities, all three of those are done in the same place. And so what we have to do is we're going to begin to look at projects not from a functional perspective, like those three lines we just talked about, but more from a geographical perspective. So we have to understand what the stormwater requirement is in one place, what the utility undergrounding requirement is, and what do we have to do with the roadways and begin to make geographical projects. So we follow the concept of digging once to limit the impact on the villagers and their everyday
1: life. So you're suggesting some of these projects can be done in parallel to each other and you would be disrupting one area of the village as opposed to we finish one, we do another one, we do another one.
2: From a functional perspective. Yes. What we're not going to do is we're not going to go in and dig up for utilities, lay utilities. We're not going to come in and fix water and sewer. And then we're not going to come in and do stormwater. We're going to do it all at one time. And then on top of that, we'll, we'll do a complete street, um, renovations so that the streets will be where they need to be and we will no longer have to dig
0: right so the idea would be to do what other municipalities have done which is divide the village up into zones i guess and say we'll start we'll do undergrounding drainage uh, storm water this all of the stuff in zone a and then zone b etc is there some sort of initial thought as to how
2: to phase that or um not yet Well, that's uh, interesting you bring that up, because that's actually the second thing we're going to be asking for the uh, council on Tuesday night. And that is the um, authorization to negotiate with the top ranked firm um, to become our program management team. Um, And we have uh, we've gone over the last uh, three or four months. We went through an RFQ process. We went through an evaluation process and we came down to three top firms, um, one of which we've asked to uh, negotiate with beginning uh, next Tuesday. And they will be the ones who will go into the very detailed detailed project combination, and then how you phase these things, whether it be from a funding perspective, a permitting perspective, working with um, organizations like FPL, other consultants we might have, the Corps of Engineers, AT&T, Water Sewer Department. Very, very complex that we do this, but we got to capture all that information and then begin to divide them into separate projects. Um, The first thing we have right now, we're going to gather more information is we have our stormwater basin. So that will be a way that'll begin to inform the way in which we break down the the village into separate zones.
1: So it sounds to me like these are all big ticket items. They're all very expensive. Uh, You've got the $100 million bond. Um, Where's the rest come from?
2: Where does the rest come from? So I'm glad you asked. So currently, um, our stormwater fund gives us the ability to bond at about uh, approximately $35 million. And that would be called a revenue bond. Um, our commitment and our commitment to our council, or our request to our council, is for us to commit between 2 to $3 million a year from our general fund over the next 10 to 15 years. So if you add that up, it's anywhere, if you do 15 years, that's 30 to $45 million. And at the same time, we have a commitment to pursue grants, other programs, Other support um, test cases at $2 to $3 million a year. So again, $30 to $45 million. And then lastly, one of the things that we've been looking into, which I think is a a great opportunity, is what's called the State Revolving Fund. One of the benefits that Florida is gaining um, from the IIJA or the um, Bipartisan Infrastructure Law is money coming through the system. And one of those is a $500 million inject into the state's revolving fund. And that's one of the things that we're going to pursue probably about August timeframe to begin funding our planning efforts. Do you think that the, you know, we have this debt cap question, how is that going to play into it? You know, as of right now, um, I I can't tell you, but what I can tell you is we will spend more than $100 million to do this project, uh, do this program over the next 15 years. Um, But as you know, you know, debt only occurs when you take it. Um, and your ability to 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 spend it uh, or or to pay it off, excuse me. Um, so we shall see. Uh, we currently have a debt cap um, capacity of ninety two million dollars um, total, but however, we have nineteen million dollars of debt. So right now, we have the ability to um, gain debt in seventy three million dollars. Right. So you have seventy three million based on the current number. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and and let, let me put have- that in place. That is in last year's property value assessment we, right. have, we have not heard what this year's property value right is.
0: and we're expecting i think that's the general expectation that that total value will go up based on property values we're seeing in the mark in the market how
2: much you know what the property appraiser does you don't really know me and the cfo have a bet every year so if you guys want to uh, join us we're happy to do it <laughs> okay i
1: love a good bet. A blo- is it an office of pool will you sell blocks is it like an office pool can i get in I oh, know there's a bottle of scotch involved, so if you want to join, I'm definitely in. Now I'm definitely in. No, I'm definitely in. Um, from an outsider's per- perspective, I live off the key. Your cap is ridiculously low. Is there any possibility you would go and try to raise that cap limit?
2: Well, it just so happens that our austere. Um Charter Review Commission has just gone through that process over the last three months. And one of the items that they're going to bring forward to court, it's going to be exciting, April 12th. They're going to bring forward on April 12th, uh, one of the items will be to, uh, I think it's a two-part item, is to increase the cap to 2%. Or, and there are two separate questions that they, they, they're they going to suggest to put on the ballot in November. Or when new debt is rec- required inside the city, it would go to referendum. So let's say, for example, we we get to our seventy-two million dollars, and we say we need thirty more million dollars. That specific item would then go to ref- referendum for approval by the people.
1: Do you know how happy I am to hear you say that? Do you know what that means for me? It means that this what does election it mean? period, I can get the bullhorn
0: back out and
1: I can start making fun of everybody who hates this idea. Well. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty yes, excited about
0: that. It will be can, yeah and I, I this is obviously <laughs> going to be part of the uh, part of the political conversation that happens in a democracy. Uh and people will take different positions on all of that. I'm just trying to say that, sh- that the the what what you've laid out here is going to put you know factor into that how voters make that decision given the limits you've set. You're you you have the amount of money you have to spend to do all these projects.
1: The latex chat is going to blow up. It's going to be spectacular.
0: Um, the, you know, I guess my question is in terms of exterior funding, though, how much, you know, obviously the Army Corps is a huge, we have federal and county and state funding. Uh, And, and I guess the the other thing we'd mentioned at the very beginning of the program, which these are not included in this, is a lot of the, uh, these are, I guess, for lack of a better term, these are kind of like survival measures. Sea level rise is coming. And these are, these are how you keep the village and this community running, knowing that that is a threat. So there, it's not, you're, you're sort of at the end of the day, the hope would be you could sort of stand your ground and not sink into, you know, rising waters, right? So you're, you're building more pumps to pump more water out. You're pressurizing lines, fantastically expensive. Maybe even having acquiring land to put the pumps on. I mean, there are layers and layers of expense here. So, The question is, what about the fun stuff, you know, making an improvement to the community center, um, doing, you know, uh, things that that people, uh, recreational activities that people enjoy, playing fields. I know there are negotiations going on with the city of Miami there. Um, These are, these are on the, you know, I, if I had to put it in a political sense, one of them is a defense and one of them is offense, right? You just you Bra- <laughs> breaking ground on the new library. That's going to be kind of Exactly. Safe. Right. So how, what, what, with all that spending, how, what's left to do, you know, the other things?
2: Well, the good news is the library is a county pro- a project. So the, the good people of keep us getting, have been paying into that fund for, for quite a while. And it's, you know, it's about time we get the chance to have that library built. Um, so that's the good news. Um, no, it's a, it's a fair balance. And I think it's a fair question. Um, I, I'm, I'm all about fun. And, you know, I know we need to take care of our fields. That's one of the biggest things that um, our residents ask. Where can our kids play? Um, we're, we're out looking, as you mentioned, with the city of Miami. I think that's going to take a while. Uh, we've had some conversations with LaSalle High School as they do redo uh, their sports field. Um, And we're also looking at perhaps Crossbridge. We're looking at St. Agnes and so forth. So, um, sure, is that going to cost money? It certainly is. And we're going to have to balance those things and make the proper decisions. None of this stuff is, none of this infrastructure is going to be done overnight. And none of it's going to be done in a vacuum. We're going to have to make some very, very hard decisions. Um, So give us a bit of time
0: right we're, we're, this is these are questions that will be coming up in a- it's a everything's a balancing act, so we have a major meeting this is all if you're for our listeners we'll be covering this in the Key Biscayne independent and the d- debate and discussion that comes up it's a good it's not it'll be the first of many of these sessions, so don't feel like uh I don't think it, it would be incorrect to say it's too monumental, but it's the begin beginning of a of a series of important meetings on all these topics.
1: And with that, no, you're right. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry, Tom. I was going to dive to a quick break and ask the uh, manager to stick around for a break, for another just part. yes.
0: Why don't we do that and we'll come back in just a second? All right, thanks. I And we're back on Antisocial. We're live on WSQF uh, 94.5 Blink Radio,
1: Key Biscayne. I'm Tony Winton. I'm Tom Mazloom. And joining us is the village manager who is bringing us up to date on all of the big projects, uh, all of the fun projects, uh, some of the resiliency projects. And uh, and it, we're we were just diving into some ancillary items on the manager's very, very, very full plate.
2: Well, Tom, I am still giddy about the Yankees winning. So yes. I'm pretty excited. Here. Yes. So, um, so I'm definitely thinking about fun, but, uh, you know, I, I'm an Army engineer. So I think infrastructure is fun. Um, but also, look, it's essential. Um, we, we, we all know that we're a barrier island. We know, we know we're a li- li- low-lying island. Uh, we know we're, we're threatened by sea level rise. We're threatened by potential storm surge. But I think what's the most important is we can't kill the golden goose. Um, many of the residents who live out here um, and many residents across all of South Florida just received this month um, the new what they call risk rating two from the National Flood Insurance Program. And what that means is your insurance rate is going up. Your insurance rate is going up because you're in a more high risk area and the federal government is beginning to allocate their premiums based on actual risk. Um, that's going to continue to happen. And people are going to begin to ask the question, do I want to invest in an area that has such a risk? Banks are going to ask, am I willing to give a mortgage to houses or homes that are in that area as well? So um, we can't kill that golden goose. We, 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 We have high property values. We expect them to go up higher this year. So we're in good times right now. So we need to take that money, um and do that investment so that we can keep this island where it is a very prosperous, a very thriving, a very exciting island, and make sure our investments stay strong.
1: Well, one of the areas in my ears went up when you gave us your uh, your six uh, lines of effort. One of the things that I didn't hear, and perhaps it hides under one of those lines of effort, effort uh, efforts, is um you know water quality, the health of the bay. Uh, Key Biscayne sort of is an is an ocean community. It, it, it it's the, the golden goose is the fact that those properties go up because people want to live that close to the water in a community as safe and as nice and as beautiful as yours. Uh, where does the health of the bay sit with you guys, and what can a, what can the village do?
2: Now, it, that, that's, that's a critical critical issue in, in part of our program, and, and it's actually, if it's not in, it's probably not in all six, but it's in a number of them. And, and, and the first one, it's under stormwater. Um, you know, if, if we're going to, and, and all of our water uh, goes through outfalls that goes into um, into Biscayne Bay. Um, we do a fairly good job right now of filtering and cleaning that water as it goes out, but we're going to begin looking at more green-gray solutions um, along our swales that can filter the water before it even gets into our stormwater systems. And then through each one of our pump stations and our outfalls, we'll have additional filter systems to make sure we, we take care of that water going to the bay. Another exciting thing that we have done, is starting approximately 10 to 12 years ago, we had close to 2,000 septic tanks in Key Biscayne. We are now down to 11 that haven't moved yet and 28 that are in the process of, of either permitting or construction. So that is a big deal. That we is have a moved big deal. Wow. Big deal. Right? Faster and better than anyone else in Miami-Dade County. So, so we do care about the, uh, the bay. Uh, we're actually working very interesting with uh, Cutler Bay, uh, the village of Cutler Bay, um, but their mayor, Mayor Meerkat, has a program that he's working with the water keepers. And we've actually submitted a couple projects to be considered for additional funding from the state and water quality.
0: All right. Well, with that, we're going to we realize you have another engagement and uh, and we want to make sure we keep our promise to you to to get you out of here. And you'll notice that we didn't ask a single question about scooters. So think about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I would ride my scooter. You can ride your like scooter time. out of here and, and scoot to your next appointment. Um, uh, Village of Key Biscayne manager, Steve Williamson. Thank you for being our guest on Antisocial and we'll be back. Go Yankees. Go Yankees, Tom.
2: That's a pleasure. Thank you. Here we
0: go.
1: And we are back on Antisocial Live on WSQF 94.5 FM, the village's finest radio station and possibly one of the best radio stations in all of South Florida.
0: And I, I say is, that I say that without
1: bias. You know why it's great because they let us on it.
0: No, it's, it's <laughs> very great, and uh, you know Manny is. Uh, we we appreciate the ability to come live to on on a station that everyone in Key Biscayne can hear, and uh, and also you know again to let you know that it is streaming on. Uh, on the internets. So you can you can get this, and of course, we'll be up on our podcast, social
1: later. And super important that he runs this station to be a service to Key Biscayne and uh, uses that platform to keep people involved and give people platforms to voice their own opinions and things like that. It really is something special, and the folks of Key Biscayne should be very appreciative of it. But, that said.
0: We do. We have some other topics to talk about.
1: <sighs> I'm going to start drinking now. Do you mind?
0: No, I mean, the Yankees won, right? The Yankees isn't, won. The I reason, isn't that
1: reason have to, Sadly, all I have is bourbon. I should have popped a champagne bottle. Opening day is such a great, great day. Uh, but we did tease something nearly as important as the Yankees, I guess. The question occurs on the nomination of Katanji Brown Jackson. What do you feel?
0: Well, I think we should play a couple of other short sound bites because that was the vice president of, of presiding a, over the United States Senate on the the nomination of the uh, latest person to the U.S. Supreme Court to uh, fill a vacancy expected by the retirement, of course, Yep. Justice Breyer. And uh, we had a vote, but two senators from Florida voted, and uh, they didn't necessarily line up with someone who was went to a high school here in Miami with with, with,
1: with the with the, Mi- the Miami gal. Mr. Rubio, Mr. Rubio, Bueller, no, Bueller,
0: Mr. Scott of Florida,
1: Bueller, Mr.
0: Scott of Florida. No. Yeah. Two no votes uh, from uh, the U.S. senators representing our state. But uh, the um, that's just politics. The new justice will take will take uh, office uh, at the end of this term
1: on this vote. The A's are 53. The Nays are 47. And this nomination is confirmed. Historic, I would think.
0: It is, and uh, the only thing I'll note is that as, it, as that applause is erupting in the Senate chamber, uh, the you can, it went on for a while. If you leave the audio running, I'm gonna let her go. The, uh, she deserves it. Yeah, the, uh, it went on for a while. All of the. Um, I would say that say the majority of the Republican senators just walked out of the chair while this is happening. This historic thing is happening, um, and um, it was a kind of a another example if you needed one of the parallel worlds or opposed worlds or partisan worlds that uh, dominate everything, seemingly everything today.
1: It's politics. That's what it is. They had to do that. Otherwise, if they're standing up applauding, they become part of the opposition for somebody who's primarying them. Tony Winton, he's a rhino.
0: Right. So they would you're worried about the a photograph of someone applauding.
1: Yeah. 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 Shaking hands, celebrating. They can't do it. Anybody who any Republican who voted yes. Would be at a deficit and a primary the same way it was with uh with uh Tomy barrett and kavanaugh and, you know that that crew any democrat voting for them if they don't try to drag them through the mud and say what an awful human being they are they're going to get tagged in opposition research so or you know that, that's nobody wants to play that game because rule one is get elected and rule two is stay elected mm. it is sad it's and pathetic, of course actually. It's pathetic.
0: Yeah. And, you know, she'll be coming on to the court um, after what is expected to be a could be a monumental decision involving abortion, uh, which, you know, this week we had uh, a vote by I believe it was the Oklahoma legislature to make uh, it a felony. Um, which raises a number of interesting questions. If if uh, Roe versus Wade is overturned to that degree or modified to that degree, what happens to it's state laws like that? Fascinating. Florida has already adopted it in this session, so we have um, a uh, a statute that would go into effect, but not necessarily a felony. And then what happens if someone? Uh, you know, I mean, it's the the, the, the continued division is. Um, it's also a lot politics. And, and,
1: and abortion is one of the key wedge issues left. You know, there is no room in the democratic party for somebody who is pro-life and there is no room in the Republican party for someone who is, uh, you know, pro-choice um, and sane people like, you know, I, I don't think I'd throw myself in that category of sane people, but you, you've known me for a long time. I'm rabidly anti-abortion. I think it's a horrible, horrible thing. I mean, it's terrible, but, I would rather make it unnecessary than illegal. Like, I would rather ha- live in a world in which no if nobody goes to... There's no reason to get an abortion. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah, pie in the sky. It's never going to happen. But, you know, the, it's just... We'd rather politic it. It's, it's it's easier to pass laws than change hearts, I guess. So... Anyway, that what was a real... Have we have, um, we yes. have my favorite topic. I, you know what? I'm going to pour another one. or another one. (laughs) Yeah. Let me, the Yankees won. Woo! All right. I'm in a better mood now. Um, The Parkland case, the jury selection up there. Are you paying attention to this? This is actually a big deal. It's a monstrous thing. And I know I'm not supposed to find humor in it, but I can't resist. Are you familiar with the the jury selection? Did you hear what happened? Yes, there was
0: a person being considered for the jury who had a, Interesting reason for explaining why she didn't want to be on the jury. Again, I need to figure. Out, I need to figure out something. I have my sugar daddy that I see every day. I'm sorry, my sugar daddy. Okay, I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about, but well, I'm married and I have my, my sugar daddy. Okay, and I see him every day. All
1: right, I'm married and I have my sugar daddy, and I see him every day.
0: Yeah. Uh, The judge was a little taken aback by that, but I I believe that that person will not be serving on the jury.
1: Well, I'm not sure. Do you think her husband? Well, I guess he knows now, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. You know, jury
0: selection is a tough. uh, This is a. This is a. And and does um, does that
1: disqualify one? I mean, honestly.
0: Well, your ability and your ability to focus on the case in front of you could disqualify you if. The court feels that you're not going to give it your full attention. You can't spend the amount of time. Uh, this entire case, actually, you know, there was a horrible shooting. The issue of, of uh, guilt, not at issue. This is the penalty phase of that case. And um, the jurors have to make this decision on uh, life or death. Um, and uh, it is. You know, it is there are people who will argue that this process itself is flawed. Right. That that um, um, because of the qualifications that are required, there's a prequalification process that we didn't even get into. But you basically have to be sort of pro death penalty to even sit on the jury in the first place. Right. And so uh, that there are many people who are opposed to it, to the death penalty, even in horrific cases. But they'll never sit on a jury because they're screened out by the nature of the questions.
1: See, it's funny how you and I are different on this. You really thought through your answer and sort of. <laughs> Sorry. I'm thinking to myself, what person uses that as an excuse publicly? I, I, I mean, listen, if I know, I don't, I, know. I, I don't think I don't think, think there's any thought to it. Listen, <laughs> I, I, I don't have a sugar daddy, but if I did, if I had a sugar daddy, I probably wouldn't be announcing it publicly. Okay, <laughs> I, we should change the subject now. My wife listens to this show. she does <laughs> uh locally
0: we had i mean the last big national news i mean i don't I don't know <clears throat> maybe we want to talk about it would be the uh would be the slap that was heard around the world.
1: <laughs> I think it was staged you do I do. I think it went too far um, and here 's why here 's why I think that uh, their ratings jumped several million people after the slap
0: I just, you mean the uh, the actual
1: the overnight ratings the number of people there were there were, uh, like a couple million people tuned in after that happened, and it went viral right away. Oh my God, did you see what happened, and think about the Oscars they had their Worst ever ratings last year. This year, even with the jump, it was their second worst ever. It would have been their worst had ratings stayed where they were when the show opened. Uh, and now we're talking about it two weeks later. Right,
0: but as I understand it, um, Will Smith um, resigned yeah. from the academy, and he's now been banned from going to the show for 10 years.
1: Yes, but but he could still win the award. He just can't show up. But I mean, here's what I think is the most interesting part about this for me, for a marketing and branding guy who peers at this from the outside. And this doesn't have anything to do with ridiculous conspiracy theories and that kind of stuff. Everybody I I had talked to about this has a different opinion and has a different take on it. It It's a Rorschach test of America. People from different backgrounds view what happened differently. People of different socioeconomic means view what happened differently. Uh, everybody takes one side or the other was he standing up for his his wife was it was he just being vain did his wife need standing up for her? what about chris rock did what he say was it really that terrible or he should never have gone there it's such a fascinating anthropological study on how people react i think it would be it's going to be interesting to see years from now somebody's going to write a paper on the reactions to this as a reflection of America, where we are right now as a society, just how divided and diverse in our opinions we are.
0: Uh, that's an interesting take. Uh, my my reaction to it was, I wouldn't say I mean, I'm trying to th- see since you've, you've posited all those things is initially in the coverage of it. Uh, as a journalist right because there was a number a number of news organizations including the Associated Press and uh, a couple of other ones that initially described it as an altercation (laughs) which is uh just not what it was you can you might feel very have different opinions as you just alluded to about the circumstances but to describe it as an altercation is not uh I just don't see how one can can get that word out close, of what happened.
1: Close, it's another word that starts with an A. <laughs> assault is the word that comes to my yes, mind.
0: But. Uh, right, so so th- there was it was an assault, and uh, you know the the question is is, do some people think it was justified? I, I don't yes. know. Does anyone really arguing that it was self-defense, which is really the only legal justification for for that?
1: No, I think people have argued not a legal defense of it, but they've argued that it was justified based on the sensitive nature of the comment that led up to it.
0: That's yeah, that's a point I, of view. I, I don't, I'd be, I mean, I'd be, you know, as you say there could be papers reading about it. I I think a lot of people might, uh, you get differences. I think the number of people who would say it was justified and say um, the slap was should not result in any consequences for the slapper um Is. I think I think it'd be a small, small, hopefully or, a small number. Or, 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 well, my Sorry, but that's what should, I would think. It would
1: should be. there be consequences for the person who instigated it because it was a terrible joke and whatever? It, it really depends on one's sensibilities. It's kind of interesting. I, I have a question for you, though, as a news guy. Does is this your lead? Is this your lead story? that night and for nights afterwards, or are there more? Well, that's important a good question. It was so
0: unusual that, you know, you, the, the doctrine of news is like, what is news? And it's, it's always a tension between what people need to know, and what people want to know. That's kind of, uh, it was a ratings driver.
1: No doubt about that. It was a ratings yeah, driver. And,
0: and, it, and, and it was. Um, so I don't think you can't argue that it was not newsworthy. It, it certainly was newsworthy. Should it be newsworthy 10 days later? or whatever. uh, And, you know, so the Academy act today, But they felt that they needed to act with incredible speed ahead of their normal timetable. Yeah. I'd, I'd say that it it, it is probably for the societal reasons that you're mentioning. Although it seems to be mostly about image control and not about the underlying uh, the underlying situation, but it, but it's that's uh, Another sad all,
1: commentary: All publicity is good publicity, baby. The Oscars made out like the, the big winner in this was the Oscars. People talked about the Oscars for well longer than they ever would have or ever could have. Uh, but it does raise another question because when news leads by ratings, I'm going to cover it because people want to see it or by clicks. people love this story, so let's cover more of that and then that starts rolling into sort of a twisted. Way of creating editorial. You're dealing with something very similar right now, aren't you, Tony? Isn't that well, one of the big I mean, issues? Is a
0: transition we're talking about journalism. You're going to ask me a question. I am. Right? And, and I yeah, well, are coming. Gonna, wait, wait,
1: wait. Hang on. I'm going to. I will warn the audience. I'm going to tee this up as a tease. Uh, in the coming weeks, Tony is going to be my guest on a show where I interview him. I will find some respectable journalist who will sit next to me. To interview him. But the Herald has been in contract negotiations with their union for 28 months. 28 That that would be the Miami
0: Herald and the Bradenton Herald you're referring to.
1: And El Nuevo Herald.
0: Right. And to
1: put that in perspective, I have three children. Each one of them took nine months to make. (laughs) That totals 27 months. So I've made three human lives. Well, my wife had a part in it. Yeah, she did all the work. But it's just it's an obscene long time to be in negotiations with no pay raise. Everything's frozen and and you're in the midst of it. You are the negotiator for the for the union. Yes,
0: that's a job I've been doing for a while and I'm not at liberty to talk about mm-hmm. it now, but,
1: um, but hopefully soon. You guys had a one day strike on Friday.
0: There was, there was a work stoppage on Friday. That's correct.
1: And the newspaper on Saturday was remarkably thin. All right, I'm going to get off this topic. Play the cricket sound effect if, there, Tom. If, 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 if okay, I have a question for you. If I find a respectable journalist who um, is dumb enough to sit next to me, would you be our guest on the show so we could interview you about this important topic and the state of news as reflected through the acquisition of McClatchy and the ongoing labor negotiations.
0: I will do my best, but I would you set be better off or better served if we had one of the actual, members of that unit come on. We should do both. And speak for themselves. We should do both. We
1: should be there and they okay. should be there too. That would, be my, to, that would uh, be my that my okay. would your choice. be my preference
0: to to do that.
1: Here's your choice. I could find a respectable journalist who's dumb enough to sit next to me to interview you. Or I could just do the interview and hire an actor to play the part of you. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. I'll script I'll script everything. It'll be dynamic. It'll be best it'll be the best radio show we've done <laughs> All right. Well, we should talk a little bit about uh, the importance of journalism and not just journalism, but journalism right there on the key the type of stuff that you guys have uh, have in uh, among other sources, the key Biscayne independent quality, local, hyper local journalism. Um, That's important. And having the village manager on should get everybody's attention as to just how important that information is to be able to hear about what's going on with beach re- renourishing. When will a schedule of projects come out? What zones will you be in? That's all going to be here. W- what about that local election that's coming up? There's so much to talk about and so much for you guys to understand and so much for you to read that w- if this is important to you, we would ask that you consider donating to the KB independent at KBindependent.org. Hit that donate now button um, because it's uh it's not free. The collection news cost something. We're about to make our first hire. Uh, the Key Biscayne Independent is going to have a full time journalist that assists Tony in gathering and disseminating news. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's pretty exciting, and we would really we would really appreciate your support on this. How do I do, Tony?
0: I thought that was uh, succinct and well put. Thank you very much. And uh, I'll only say that again. Um, you just heard. Our first guest this evening talking about a uh, really important series of projects that will be going on now for really the better part of, uh, I mean, it'll be years. Uh, there'll be decisions oh being made. Yeah, this is going to be, this is years. It's it's um, a transformation of this community as so many other communities like it are getting dealing with the effects of sea level rise and we'll be staying on top of
1: it. And it's not just moving dirt, it's moving money too. And the financial choices that are going to be, have to be made where, you know, are you for lower taxes? There's going to come a point where you're going to say, are you for spending the money or aren't you? Which equates to, are you for this community surviving well into the future? Or do you just want to kick that down the road until the waters are on your doorstep? That's going. These are going to be the decisions, and they're going to be hard ones. And there's going to be people with bullhorns, and there's going on both sides. Quite frankly, I don't want to just make fun of the latex guys. There's plenty of loud voices on the other side that, uh, you know, are that that passions run high with.
0: Exactly, and you know, we didn't even get into this discussion, but this is another show. It really gets to the not just the the worthiness of the projects, but the worthiness of the way you decide to raise funds for them, which is the funding and oftentimes or my experience has been people might agree that there's a project needs to be done but then it runs into a wall of opposition about the way it's paid for and so we'll be following that as well
1: yeah and those are important debates to be had those are important arguments for the health of your community so with that tony
0: I'd like to exit with a special song though, because I picked for today. Oh, well, <clears> wait, <throat> hang on a second. I'm on the board. I don't have it. I'm. Did you not load it? Okay, we could play it later. What is it? Do you have it? The myth of fingerprints.
1: Oh, I didn't know what that was. I had no. Oh,
0: clue. okay. Well, that, well, I'll explain that later. It's going to be a recurring theme, but um, it's. I, it, I think it summarizes a lot of the div- nature of division that we have. So. A little too deep and philosophical, but we'll save it for another time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> back to where I was. Look, I didn't mess up the board too bad at all today. Fantastic job! Thank you, Tom. I'm Tom Mosloom, and again, I'm Tony. You save everything. I think I I think of you, and I want to love you. She will always be my friend.